Hello, everyone. This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. I am getting married this week. My name is Taylor, and I will be a witness. <laughs> we are doing a bit of a different episode, a celebration. Uh, first off, it's our 100th episode, so so snaps, Taylor. It's our 100th <laughs> episode, but coincidentally, by the time this comes out, I will have gotten married the day prior. Uh, so we're recording this a little bit earlier than we typically do. Um, me and my fiance are eloping into a very small house on the West Coast. Only Taylor is, is, is going to be a witness. It's a very small kind of gathering there, very intimate kind of thing in remembrance of, of everything that's gone on this year. Uh, we've kind of surrendered our whole process, to, you know, our whole engagement to everything. There's been tragedy all over the world. So we still want to get married and all the other fun things can come later, but that's what's going on this week. So we thought, well, good opportunity. It's our 100th episode. Why not take a minute and actually pick apart marriage for a second with the illiterate lens? Film, literature, history, traditions. We're going to cover it all. Evan, you looked into film yeah. stuff, of course. I started looking. I had this kind of thought. I mean, Taylor have talked about wedding used as a device, primarily I mean, classically in comedy, but... Uh, is is more prevalent than I think we realize. So I just started thinking of wedding movies that nobody really thinks about. You know, Twenty Seven Dresses. There's you know the obvious ones, but I, I think there's far more movies than anybody gives any credence to where marriage is kind of a central thing. We either are going to lead up to it, and there's no pretense to that at all, or it is some obstacle. Uh, in the middle of it. So I just kind of went down the rabbit hole. So I found a, a few of my favorites. And then I've got just kind of a list of ones that I just, you know, based on the title, you would be like, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. And like, oh, yeah, there is a wedding in that. So I just kind of I threw together that kind of thing, you know, and I will uh, I looked into the literature side of things, which was kind of hard to do because marriage is so ubiquitous and has right. been around for so long that it is, like you said, a staple of a lot of media. But a lot of the customs and things. And, and unfortunately, because it's such a broad <laughs> world that we live in, Evan is having, I assume, a traditional modern American wedding in the Judeo-Christian sense as we know. But that's that's where <laughs> right. all of my, the traditions that we're going to be talking about and things, just because that's what we're experiencing. Right. Um, but I will, I will throw in a little bit of some other cultural stuff, but just to get that out of the way, that's well, what we're I'm super we're excited about. because, I mean, I walk around all the time in my life and kind of wonder what are the reverberations of, like, the things that we do all the time um, and what were the original thoughts there. So in, in particular, in the process of, of getting married, like, I've been wondering more and more about that, the echoes of what these things really symbolize and mean. And obviously, it's meaning more to me as the day is ever, ever looming. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I guess one one in particular that I because I'm physically am doing it, we're writing our own vows and and doing that I, I I had all sorts of questions and thoughts about where this came from and and what exactly that's supposed to mean so I have no idea if you have anything on that at all but I know that that on the line of kind of picking out the classic uh, accompaniments of marriage that's one that I've been personally yeah. going through and doing that I've really wondered what the real lineage of it is. Um, so. Yeah, so let's just dive into the his starting from the beginning of history, as we know. I don't have particularly- <laughs> it's a great place to start. <laughs> Here we go. Well, so I don't really have as it relates to the vows, but what marriage essentially boiled down to for most of human history is strengthening and maintaining family alliances, mm -hmm. 
love doesn't come in until much, much later. There was also in terms of family stuff, there's an anthropologist, Robin Fox, estimated that the majority of all marriages throughout history are between first and second cousins. Like it isn't, it is, and it is about dowries and land and bride prices. It's a very tactical um, that's so funny that you that you actually mentioned that because in my quest today I was reminded and I was drawn to this movie particularly for one aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, Spaceballs is one of those oh, wedding God. movies you don't think about, and it has my hands down favorite wedding cinema wedding minister officiant. Uh-huh. Um, it's the minister who is continuously interrupted and really just wants to get the ceremony over and they try it twice. The movie is kind of bookended by this where they she falls in love with uh, the main character, the, the Han Solo Echo, but she's not allowed to marry him because he's not a prince. That kind of becomes right. the whole thing and she's trapped <laughs> into this arranged marriage with this like bored, sleepy prince that's just uninteresting uh the, the the minister does his short short version when uh when lone star the main character's name shows up and realizes yes i am a prince i can marry you uh, and so they throw the sleepy groom out of the way it's like uh, the minister is like okay we're gonna do the short short version do you do you good yeah. you're married <laughs> yeah that's great yeah because it definitely from more than we would like to admit has nothing to do with love and is just he says that. He's like, excuse practical. me, I'm trying to perform a wedding here, which has nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with love. He, he, I, yeah. he actually says that. <laughs> and speaking of the minister stuff, so like the most common form and uh, the church fought to get into, like we're talking about again, Western marriages traditionally tried to get into what marriage was because the most common form across human history was not a man and a woman. It was one man and many women. And that's across cultures for thousands of years. It was... The man, huh. you know, is has Ugh. all of the status and everything. So that's so. As far as the monogamy and the just one man and one woman and the church, that comes in more between the sixth and the ninth centuries, and eventually oh, okay. they prevail and consider it. Hey, this is a sacrament, which means it's a ceremony for God's grace. So that gives more respect for wives, forbidden from divorcing, more faithful, you know, question mark, because it still didn't happen. There were still right. men okay. could have dalliances with prostitutes and do whatever they wanted, and the women mm. couldn't. But at least there was like, oh, this is under the auspices of the church and priests, <laughs> etc. And like we said, love doesn't come in until after the Middle Ages, sort of the 13th <laughs> century. We've have there's a physician to the King of France who wrote a piece called Advice on Love. And so that concept of romantic love gives a little bit of leverage towards women because that's where we get kind of the courtly love through Knights of the Crusade, chivalry, grand gestures of romance uh-huh. like this. Yes, that wasn't yes, even a yes. concept before. It was just like you have more cows, you have a better family. You have this no is a choice. Good yeah. This is yeah. a good life choice for me, Dad. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like that's and then and then of course we have Shakespeare, the Enlightenment, Jane Austen, all that coming in. But I also saw like the weddings and stuff for these just my little piece of literature, most of them happen off stage. Like the wedding for Pride and Prejudice, I went back mm. and read that section, and it's just a sentence. And it's, uh, quote, happy for all her maternal feelings was the day on which Mrs. Bennett got rid of her two most deserving daughters. And that's all that the wedding is. And you'd think, you know, you hear these stories, these classic romance stories or wedding stories, and it's like, that's all it was. The wedding does not get 
a lot of play. Same thing with Shakespeare's stuff. It's more about the tension between society and wooing a lover, but the actual wedding itself occurs off. If I'm of, not mistaken, of, and I might be horribly mistaken, but my fiance was telling me that they did something similar in, in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, where they talk up this the wedding, but then that by the time you get to it, then it's like the end of the book. Right. <laughs> I could, yeah, I don't I know with the movie. Wrong. I know that I that, that, yeah. pop, that popped up on my list as far as... Uh, do you have any movies since we're since we're back on the movie train else, elsewise to recommend or that you think has a wedding that would be worth showing since a lot of the classic stuff that we think of like Shakespeare and Jane Austen doesn't actually show the wedding? I think the one that and and this is a kind of again another offshoot but it's one that I think is so kind of classic and it's just it's I swear it's like two shots in it but 13 going on 30. It's been one of my like favorite, I guess, guilty pleasure movies, but I actually think it's great. Um, and I think they have a beautiful anti-climax at, at the end of this movie in his bedroom because they're getting married out in the backyard. And she, they're, they're, they used to be neighbors as children. So she goes home to her mother's house and finds him in his bedroom where he has to have this like really amazing monologue. It's Mark Ruffalo. This is how I was introduced to Mark Ruffalo, but he has this incredible monologue about the choices that we make and the paths that we go down. And you can't just, you know, turn around and forget all that. And then, you know, like she wants the classic movie thing is choose me right now. And he's going, I, I can't, it's not that easy. I, and, and even giving her the validation of, I want to, it's like the most anti-climax, real, mm-hmm. real, real ending, and, and and I think it really gets overlooked. But that's just one that I that I think is really <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. But you know, she 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 kind of takes that hard rejection and then gets snapped back, and she's thirteen again, and she knows what to do, and, and then it flashes forward, and they get married. But <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that. So, speaking of which, going back to our history stuff, tying into kind of like you said, the choice and. It's not so easy and whatnot. Jumping past Shakespeare and Lightman, Jane Austen, into 1920, again, talking about Western, the classic white wedding stuff, Mm -hmm. women's right to vote. So now each union consists literally of two citizens, which creates even more equality. Talking about the changes to this whole thing, I saw, again, anthropologists saying there's been more changes in the last 40 years than in the last 5,000 when it comes to marriages, which is why there's so many different ways of going about it. And, and, That's and, our, and our understanding of the traditions. It's got to be the information lost. age, uh, the, the rate at which we exchange information. The world is so much, uh, ex- much, so much more accessible yeah. uh, than it has ever been. Uh, and I, I, it's easy to kind of get <laughs> lost in that, I suppose, get mm-hmm. jaded in it, I suppose. Along with the history of weddings, I also kind of looked into the history of gay marriage just because mm. that was also part of this. And I yeah. saw way, way back because marriage started around, I guess they would say 4,350 years old. There's evidence on these tablets in Mesopotamia about the laws of married couples and yeah. their slaves and you know all the <laughs> classic Mesopotamia stuff. But there were also in these tablets Mesopotamian prayers that included blessings for such couples who are same sex. So that was also mm. written down even as far back as then. And the, the biggest thing that I found related to it historically, the Roman emperor Nero, who was around 54 to 68, Mm-hmm. Uh, played the violin as uh, Rome burned, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know the apocryphal, but the fall of Rome was <laughs> was attributed to him. He he had two gay marriages 
he oh, got really? married. He twice married men in formal ceremonies. Mm-hmm. One of them, he was the wife, and it's written down that he wore the veil huh. and everything. And then in another one, his partner was the the wife and was dubbed an empress and everything. Interesting. So it's I, I, yeah, and I don't know all the context and and yeah. whether or not it was forced. I mean, I know the, I just have uh, a lot more questions about that. Right. That's fascinating. The that one, is actually cool. Yeah, I won't go into all of Nero's <laughs> reign and everything, but th- but that is <laughs> a part of history for him. And homosexual weddings were common enough that there was a Roman social commentator who commented on him in his writing. So it was a thing, but it eventually got outlawed in 342. Um, okay. And then, like I said, the church from there on up until they get to the ninth century is trying to make it such a thing. But I didn't. I think that I thought that was interesting. That who would even have known that the emperor of Rome had yeah, two, I'm, had like two the, gay marriages? I, I'm kind of like that. You would assign the the wife, wife part and of husband. It. Like the, yeah, I'm like he would designate. Like I, I don't know. I don't. And then it would be different in the next one. That's interesting. That's, yeah. I, like I said, I just have like, I'm like, now I'm fascinating. I'm like, <laughs> wait, so how was he able to do that? What was that like? Well, I'll post a link to that. that to you know, the, like, what, what was his life yeah. like in that way? Like, that's really, really fascinating. I mean, this is ancient. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by that. I'm going to have to uh, do some more research. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the the history stuff. And then I also looked into all of the various traditions that we have now and how they're all based on something much more savage, <laughs> since we know <laughs> that it all started from, Metal hey, you, you're mine. Rad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what kind of stuff are you doing with your wedding that maybe would be considered traditional? And maybe I can tell you what, like what we parts are definitely, of it um, I, uh, as far as the ceremony goes and you know, what the officiant uh, is going to be saying, that is going to be kept pretty traditional. We'll, we'll have a first look, which I feel like is maybe a newer thing, but we're kind of using that as a, as a to texture everything out because so much of this is scaled down and different because we're in the age of COVID. We're trying to do this as, as absolutely safely as we possibly can. So we're trying to see like, well, it, we're typically... What do you mean by first on look? Own. It's, it's where I get, where I like see, we see her in her dress for the first time privately. Um, before anything happens and then we oh. like, take pictures and then the ceremony happens. And it's in this moment that we are kind of inserting our personal handwritten vows that we'll exchange privately. So it's kind of this very, very intimate moment with just me and her. There's no, no even like officiant there to kind of texture it out more and kind of recenter the focus of like if everything else, if all the celebration and all the guests and all the partying, all that stuff is later and going to come next year. If we're going to do this today, today is about me and her. So what can we do that really make sure the focus is there between me and her and about what this day represents for it to us, which personally is about really affirming a relationship that we've been so confident in for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the first look thing interested me because I'm sure you know, but there's a certain tradition of like, oh, you can't see even the day of right. until the moment of walking down the aisle, et cetera. Right. And, and the bride has a- we've talked about, yeah. Yeah. You, some, it, more, more traditionally, the bride has a veil, so it's like you literally can't even see her face, all that stuff. So all that hiding stuff comes from the fact that the groom can't know what's going on with the daughter and they don't want the- deal to be broken so the veil is to hide the daughter's face until the last moment so the groom can't back out same with everything else trying to make her as 
desirable as possible until he says I do and it's too late if right. both parties were not satisfied. <laughs> it's like That's, some Vegas magic trick, like you uh, like dangling you right. It's yeah. Like, yeah, just now I just let me see your face. So you <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I do. <Yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where all that kind of stuff comes from. And then the 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 bridesmaid and and best man stuff, that's going to also be different for you. Yes, I'm not we're not doing really any of that at all. Um and there's like we like I said there's really no, going to be nobody there. Yeah. Um her parents are going to be there, Taylor and his uh girlfriend are going to be there and our officiant and that is it. Um, yeah. so there's no bride, 20 people standing off on the side. Each yeah. Way. There's no, you yeah. know, there's no, there's no bachelor party. There's no, <laughs> right. you know, there's none of, none of the classic bachelorette stuff. There's, mm-hmm. we didn't, none of that, none of that stuff. This is not, we're going to be throwing a, a party in 2022, um, with her parents out in, out in Texas, uh, where they're building a, and a everyone is a invited. house. So everyone, literally, everyone. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're doing is every, you know, everything that we're not doing here is like, we're going to do it later. So mm-hmm. that, that's fine. This is about just affirming me and me and uh, Emily's relationship, but it will be a joyous experience. Nonetheless. Oh man. Oh yeah. We'll name a few other, uh, su- kind of surprising wedding movies. Wolf of Wall Street, that kind of becomes, uh, it's almost bigger in the background as he uses all the wedding activity as a cover for illegal write-offs and, and all sorts oh, of never, Yeah, of I've never junk. seen it. That, so I, I realized, oh yeah, that is definitely bigger, a bigger part of that movie than I'd realized. Spy Kids. Spy Kids has one of the best weddings I think I have ever seen. <laughs> you were asking about best weddings. Spy Kids has yeah. it. It opens with, uh, have you seen it? Do you remember? I watched it for like, half an hour in a summer camp or something. And I was so horrified because I think I was not prepared. <laughs> it's like shockingly grotesque. It's just like bizarre. It is, it is, it is very, uh, it is loud. <laughs> I don't think I was prepared for the like mutated peep. I don't even remember. I just remember being like, oh, this is very bizarre and I don't like it. And we have to, we're forced to sit here and watch it at this summer camp. But the opening is the children are asking for a bedtime story. The mom comes up and starts talking about these spies that then fall in love and then they're at their wedding and then they get attacked. And it's, it's this like incredible Mission Impossible movie with like these incredible, the amazing military helicopters descend on them. They're like all the bridesmaids uh, and the groomsmen like grab parachutes and like hook their boys up and like put the yeah. bride and groom in in all the gear <laughs> they're getting attacked and it's like the most action movie thing ever as the as the bride and groom like run off the side of the cliff and open their heart-shaped parachutes as the minister like blesses them as, <laughs> as they get it's like my it's mind beautiful. was my mind was definitely glossed that over for fear of the other horrifying things that the scientist was doing later. <laughs> I'm watching it now. I'm watching it now. They're just laughing straight through it. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, you're a genius. Thank you so much. But <laughs> um, to continue, I'll just kind of like rapid fire here of just yeah. like wedding movies you wouldn't have thought about. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, mm-hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Men in Tights. <laughs> uh, Brokeback Mountain, Independence Day, Scarface, Wayne's World 2, Moonrise Kingdom, The Godfather, Raising Arizona. The Godfather, my God. I, I know. And, 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 and as soon as you say that, you almost feel stupid for not real. Like, oh, of course, of course, it's, it's the way, of course. You know, but it, it kind of blanks your mind. You don't, it, you kind of glaze over, like, oh my God, The Godfather, but it's true. Forrest Gump, The Graduate. 
the hangover if you forget is all about a wedding. I almost don't <laughs> even count one that. It's <laughs> I almost don't even count that because it's so integral. I almost right. feel like it's like twenty seven bro- dresses or something. Or it's like, like the sh- the old Shakespeare stuff where it's like, well, we don't show that. It's about the <laughs> right. build up because the wedding itself might not be even that. It's a ceremony, <laughs> you know, but like it's all right. the it's all the drama around it. Yeah. Live and let die. Bond drives a boat through a wedding, <laughs> but they don't get uh, annihilated by the by the villain there. So he kind of saves the wedding and ruins it all the same way. Um, but yes, weddings are so they're all over the place. They're they're used as a crutch and a device and in, in, in so many more things than we think about than just being a wedding movie or some proposal movie, an engagement movie, uh, you know, it, all these sorts. There's there's a genre for this, but it, this really yeah. it's all over the place. A pivotal part of our existence. My God. I have a couple more if you're interested, since you had mentioned not having groomsmen and bridesmaids yes. and the, some some last uh, traditions. Of course. Um, the best man. The best oh. man for the job. What job is that? <laughs> it was originally, um, like we said, if it was either a kidnapping or there was a chance that this wasn't going to go through or there were other rival suitors, etc. The best man was the best sword fighter, ready to fend off the objectors. That's what his ah. job was, <laughs> was to be there to fight him off. And then s- with the bridesmaids, the dresses go back to even early Roman times where they all match. Nowadays, it's like the bridesmaids cannot look better. Like the bride has to be the best looking one. But originally, they were all dressed the same. And that was to confuse either the captors or the gang if they were going to take the wrong person on the day, <laughs> oh if scandal was afoot. <laughs> Which honestly, it, it carries over. It's like being a bridesmaid or being the best man. It's like, that's a really serious position, but it was even more serious because it's like, well, I might get taken. <laughs> like, or, oh, you're going to have to fight somebody w- so that I can marry this person. You know, I like that's, that. it's not just setting up the I need you party. to be here to fight off all of the would-be kidnappers and other and secondary suitors. And I need yeah. all of you to stand in as... The queen. Nobody like a bunch will of know. Zebras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> like where that Queen Amidala hiding in her, <laughs> uh, hiding in her maids. <laughs> that was just how it was. You never knew what was going to happen. That's um, another one. Star Wars Episode Two. They get yeah. married. I forget. Attack of the Clones. They get married right, exactly like I'm doing, eloping right next to the sea. Oh wow! With R two D two that old Episode Two wedding. Um, I wanted to to bring up the the rings cuz this i mean maybe it's kind of uh, upsetting but it was just the craziness of, of we can handle it we're adults rings. here it started in i mean there's evidence in Egypt from 2800 years BCE but the diamond engagement ring portion of it mm-hmm. that is designed by a company to sell diamonds um. so before world war 2 only Less than 10% of engagement rings contain diamonds. It was not a thing. They're super expensive. Nobody really needs them, etc. There's a company, which is a family, which is now one massive thing. It was De Beers Consolidated Mines. They all consolidated into one thing because they had discovered huge diamond mine supplies in the late 1800s. Uh-huh. But they had to hold on to the myth that diamonds are scarce and valuable. And so part of the problem is if they sell them, they need to figure out a way to keep that 
mythology of diamonds and also avoid uh, re- uh. resale of them because if you get them and then you can just resale, like they have to be the ones. So they figured out this brilliant scheme, which is, well, we'll attach them to engagements, to something emotional, to marriage, to weddings, to long-lasting things so that it will keep them off the market. So they did this whole amazing partnering with this ad agency to make the measure of love synonymous with the expensiveness of a diamond. Their whole two-month salary thing, that was a marketing thing designed by them. That is not based in reality. They gave diamonds to celebrities to accentuate the size and importance. They had a lecture circuit in high schools, like training young girls to say, oh, you want a diamond. Their, Their catchphrase which everybody knows now, a diamond is forever, is great emotionally as it relates to love. But again, it has a more sinister, I suppose, purpose, which is it keeps the resale price um, wow. high because and so stops the fluctuation of it because it's like, oh yeah, this diamond lasts forever. It's forever. I'm not going to sell it or I'm going to pass it down. It's going to be in some right. safety deposit box and it's not going to redu- it's not going to create depreciation on a bunch of other diamonds out in What's the market. It's fascinating because I'm in the middle of this right now as, as a <laughs> gift. My my mother gifted me some uh, engagement uh, wedding ring set that, yeah. that has diamonds in it. So I'm in the middle of this, like, exactly this quandary. Like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I need, to, so hard I need to, to move this. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, actually, everything you've just been talking about, I'm like, right, this is, oh, God, I'm trapped. <laughs> yeah. And then in, uh, the, in the 40 years... From 39 to 79, U.S. sales for diamonds went from 23 million to 2 billion. That's Whoa. an insane growth. We've been all, brainwashed. It, it all comes. It's like, yeah, you ask anybody. It's like, of course I want a diamond engagement ring. Are you insane? But it's like, yeah. that was, that's, that, that, like we talked about how, oh, things have changed in the past 40 years more than they have in the past 5,000. Like that is Look an entirely that. made up thing. Ugh. I'm Which, disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's something. So we can be so easily moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's here's some not disgusting stuff. The wedding cake is also a a huge important thing to have. I assume you will. I guess I shouldn't assume. Oh yes, I'm that. excited about our wedding cake. It's gonna it's gonna be strawberry, lightly Ooh, strawberry. It's gonna be amazing. great. So it's gonna be amazing. We're pick it up in the morning. I'm so excited. Um, the traditionally cake was not on the menu. It was the groom would gnaw off a piece of barley bread and then the remainder was held over the bride's head and broken, which showers her with crumbs, which I think became the like, you know, eating it and smushing it in her face, like that kind of thing. But then the whole, the whole like, everything was about luck or warding away spirits or whatever. So guests would run and pick up the crumbs for good luck as it goes over her. So that kind of merged into slicing up pieces and and giving them to the guests. Um, but there was this bizarre ceremony where the bride would pass through these small morsels, like squish them through her wedding ring into their hand. But then that took too long or was a waste of time or whatever. So then that just became, well, we'll just give you the whole slice. We don't have to, to uh, <laughs> smush Lord. it through her, you can, her ring. You can have that. <laughs> but but even still, the slice would be taken home, and the guests would put it under their pillow for good luck. Good um, and then it just became, well, let's just eat this at the reception. <laughs> like, what are we do doing? You, do you, why do why do why do we? I guess I'm about to do it. But <laughs> you, a lot, I guess, couples, modern couples, maybe this is an old thing. I don't know anything about it, but they save 
part of their wedding cake for the first year anniversary. So that was, yeah, that was a part of, in in terms of, again, the purpose of marriage was to unite families, create offspring. Sounds barbaric saying it that way, but the saving create of the offspring, <laughs> the saving of the of the topper of the cake was for. Okay, well, we're going to have a child soon, hopefully in exactly nine months. And so that would be for the christening of the child. Yeah, <laughs> that would be for the christening of the child. So it saves on cake since cake is like a commodity. But nobody does that anymore. It's like it's a budgeting thing. Yeah. Or the intention <laughs> so is, we need oh, this, this is for when we, the, when we have the christening. We, <laughs> so we got this baby. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then some other stuff relating to the baby business, the honeymoon, where that mm. comes from. So- even after the stealing of the bride away to have a baby became, oh, well, this is like expected. This doesn't have to be some covert thing warding off with the best man slashing and hacking at people who are trying to attack. There would still be, especially in Scandinavia, Norse couples would play act this kind of fake abduction and go into hiding. And then where the honeymoon part comes in was drinking honey mead, the beverage, which supposedly Mm. helped with fertility. And they would do that for a full moon cycle. So that's the honeymoon is after so that, oh, we'll have a kid or we'll become pregnant in this time. So that's where the term honeymoon comes from. That's fascinating. Yeah. Didn't expect it to kind of break down so literally there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I'm interested in honey mead. I've had regular mead. I've had, I think I've had licorice mead. I would like to try the honey version. It sounds more pleasant. For your honeymoon. My honeymoon. <laughs> the, the last tradition, which is the most probably movie literature important thing to people, is the kiss. Mm. Yes. Uh, and this, so as the church comes in and the priests make it sacrament, originally it was uh, the priest would give out a holy kiss of peace, and that would be to the to the other priests and the parishioners and everything. So that tradition upheld a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. That tradition upheld, and probably people still do it in in some churches, but that upheld as far as the kiss of peace, the blessings to the bride, but it would be originally first given to the groom. So the priest would give a holy kiss of peace to the groom, who would then pass that kiss on to the bride. Hence the now famous, you may now kiss the bride, but the priest had to kiss him first. But not in a sexual way. But it would <laughs> in front of just, everyone. Yeah, it's just so interesting. That the <laughs> priest would kiss the groom and then say, "Okay, you may yeah. now kiss the bride." Now that the church has blessed this, um, <laughs> but probably bizarre. Hey, you kiss yeah. me. But now you I, kiss her. <laughs> now it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's the way it was done. So that's where the kiss. For, now the priests do not kiss the groom for most weddings. I think. Well, that's all the wedding stuff. My God. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you. Happy um, happy wedding. I'm excited to be there. We will be there if you're listening to this. Well, we'll be done, I guess. We'll be done. We'll have done it the day prior. Um, it's going to be exciting. But uh, and, and thank you out there for listening to us for 100 episodes. It's kind of incredible. It's, it's almost two years every week. <laughs> um, yeah, 100 episodes. I can't We're unstoppable. 
Thank you guys so much. Really love all the feedback and all the participation you guys send out. So let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you want us to do an episode on. As you can see from today, it doesn't always have to, you know, strictly be a, you know, a hot new thing. Yeah. But just get in touch with us. Let us know what's going on. Let us know if I brought up a movie you didn't agree with. Maybe it's not a wedding movie and I put it on the list. Um, that kind of stuff is fine too. Show me what for. Anyway. <laughs> At Literate Pod on Instagram, as always, is where you can reach us. Give us a message. We love to hear from you all. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Catch you next week. <laughs>